Mom! 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 What? We called your mom. <laughs> from the road how are you doing mom we have a new family member ruby (laughs) ruby today was the day that megan went and got a new rest well a rescue dog named ruby little cavalier a cavalier king charles spaniel how is she small like Stuart? eight pounds she's very small that's like me when i was born (laughs) yeah that's exactly right Yes. Did it feel similar? Do I look like Ruby? Not at all. She's really sweet, but she does look more like Stuart than she does Nigel. Me. Or like you. You you don't have the bug eyes and the flat nose. (laughs) (laughs) I do kind of have a bit of a flat nose. So I'll check in with her later. We'll have to check in with her later and see how everything's coming along over there. But you would think it was Christmas morning. Those kids were so excited. It is Christmas morning when you get a new pet. It is. It I'm is. trying to think, like, all of our pets that we had. I was so excited. Um, oh, we had Billy. I had a hamster for a bit. Did he die in its cage? Or oh, not, what happened You would have to there? bring that up. Was that the one that died in the garage? <laughs> no, that was Brownie. Oh. This is Billy from Catherine. Her mom didn't want her to have it anymore or something. So they I, I, I have to say I was not good with pets early on. I was not good with a hamster, though. No. But I loved Billy. He was in my room. Did keep me up. I got pretty un... un um, what was the word I'm looking for? Um, inappropriately. But let's look, what's a different word for inappropriately? Unorthodoxly attached to a couple fish. Oh, yeah. You, you, yeah. Yeah. I do remember that. But what happened to them? Did they jump out? They just... Oh no! <laughs> no, the hermit crabs. That was the hermit, the hermit crabs, crab. and I found them, found them dead in my stuffed animals. I had that once happen to a little turtle. When we were kids, we'd get like a little turtle, painted turtle. Yes, yeah. what a lot. And mine that. was so active, it crawled right out of the dish, and then we found it on the register. <laughs> Gosh, it was just looking for a hot rock. Yeah. <laughs> it did them in. Yeah. Can anybody know where I can get a hot rock around here? <laughs> You thought it was an island or something. I don't know. Oh, what dear. would you have thought it was? A gr- I mean, it doesn't match anything in nature. A great. Yeah, I mean, he, he was probably a, a ninja turtle, Mom. He was probably a ninja turtle looking for a creek to climb on. It probably was. He's like, April? April? Can somebody tell me the code? The gate's not opening. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. I, I just don't know. But anyway, it'll be a, it should be fun. And then I put him down because I thought he might have to, you know, go to the bathroom. Mom, you keep saying he, but it's a girl. Oh, it's a girl. I'm sorry. She, because the owner said she wasn't, uh, wasn't crate trained yet or wasn't potty trained yet. House trained, I guess okay. you'd say. But I think that the good part is she will follow Stuart. 
You know how they do. They go out every morning. They come back in. Yeah, Stuart's like, he's like, look, I'm willing to share some of the deer poop, but not all. Let's go 60-40. <laughs> I'm willing to share a few of these acorns that I break my teeth off on. Oh, you can have a couple. He's like, look, I'll give you a hot tip. You don't want to eat the acorns. They're going to take you to the dentist. You're going to have to get all your teeth removed. But I can't help myself. <laughs> I know. I know. Show her the lay of the land. He's like, yeah. they're going to put shock collars on us bigger than our heads. Yeah. And they do have a collar for Ruby. Nigel's old one. Since, you know, Nigel got the drill. He's never tried to leave their yard. <laughs> Nigel's like, shock me once. And that's the only time you need to shock me because I'll never leave my Poor mother's side Nigel, again. He never left our side. Ow! It was not good. <laughs> Look, guy. it's funny now, but I am, I'm not a proponent of the shock collar myself. But you know what? So many dogs walk by their house and the cars go it's by true. quickly. I think in the long run, it's safety is good. Safety is Safe important. For the dogs. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, how are you doing today? In your travels, better. You feel good. Well, I was thinking, let's let's um let's do Benifer's intro. Okay. Okay. Well, this episode we got to talk with my friend Bazod, who I met in Chicago. His mom, Benifer. She was lovely. And um, yeah, such a lovely conversation. What we discovered was a really a family that's just really entrenched in the arts from oh, her from yes. generations beyond him too. Yes. When she was the oldest daughter in her family, remember she talked about um, the whole family, her whole family was involved in theater and she would come home and there'd be like, this is what she said, a diva in every room of their house. <laughs> remember <laughs> practicing, singing, dancing, getting ready for a, a local performance. And that's how I she grew that. up. That's how she grew up. And and now Bezod, you can find him on social media if you want to see what he's up to. He's acting. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll see him in some of his TV shows, but it's just Bezod, B E H Z A D D A B U, Bezod Dabu. So check it out. He's mm-hmm. on uh, The Shy, Disney's The Lion Guard. He's um how to, he's on How to Get Away with Murder. Yes. He's amazing. I'm That's proud he's my friend. Oh well, the other thing I loved about her was the whole idea of we are storytellers. That's what really resonated with me, that we are storytellers. Whether you're on the stage or you're doing stand-up or uh, local theater, that was so ingrained in her growing up. You know, we are storytellers. Yeah. All right. Well, that was Don't Give Away the Whole Movie, Mom. Oh, sorry. I just love talking to her, though. She was so gracious to share her stories. Okay. All right. I'm giving you a hard time. I know you Did are. Did you see me trail off? Anyway, find Bezod on social media. Keep up with him and his work um, on screen, on stage, and as an activist. Mm-hmm. We love him, and we love the knifer. Yes. Yes. Hello there. How are you? I am well and very excited to talk about my Bezad. <laughs> We're so happy to have you, Benifer. Thanks for calling in. My mom is in Dayton, Ohio. <laughs> Hi, Benifer. And that's Hello. Diane. Hello. Hello. How Hi. are you today? 
I, I am well. I am well. And uh, I am so, so grateful and thankful to talk to y'all. Yes. Oh, my gosh. We're the lucky ones. I know. <laughs> we are. You're such a fascinating person. Sorry, I Beth, know. go ahead. Oh, no, that's okay. I was gonna, just going to say um, I am slowly waking up because it's 9 a.m. where I am, and <laughs> I am not a morning oh. person. I think I was Uh-oh. texting with Bezot around midnight, <laughs> and... <laughs> He, he and I were both up late. Yeah. <laughs> I can always count on him, honestly, uh, to be up yes. late with me. That's, that's, that's my base odd. Always <laughs> there. Always there. So right now you're in Syracuse and basically, um, just to give our listeners some background, you do a lot of local theater um, to great success. And obviously we're in strange times at the moment. So are things kind of on hold for you theater wise with what we're dealing with in this pandemic? Actually, um, I no. You are in it. Oh my gosh. Um, (laughs) So uh, currently I'm in the middle of a production. I'm in rehearsals uh, for a socially distanced play. It's it's going to be in in a park uh, in a regional area about 40 minutes away from where I am in Syracuse in the Auburn area, and uh, it's a beautiful uh, adaptation of uh, Antigone and Letters to the Soldiers Lost. Oh yes, and this rings a bell. It, yeah, and it, it's an it's an adaptation of the Greek play Antigone, of course. But uh, with the war memorial um, letters from the war memorial, Vietnam War Memorial Wall, and it's embedded and integrated into the play uh, with this Greek play. It's a very powerful rendition. I had never heard of it. I mean, of course, I knew the Greek play, um, but never mm. really heard of this adaptation. And uh, we open next week. So we started with Zoom rehearsals. Oh and my gosh! This is—I <laughs> wasn't expecting this. This is kind Me of incredible. Me neither. I, I, yeah. We started with zoo rehearsals for a week, and then we are on site starting last week. We started on site with masks on and everything, and keeping our social distance. Mm-hmm. And uh, we will open next week with, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I won't be wearing a mask as Antigone. I'm playing the character role of Antigone. Oh my and, gosh! You're the lead. Oh, this is. Uh, this is amazing. I did not. This know is so unexpected. I wow. know. And I've all. I think it's a in a way. And of course, I I, I believe in this very strongly. And Bayside will roll his eyes when he'll hear me say this. Uh, <laughs> I really believe that out of all of this angst and um, chaos and commotion, sometimes it's universe's way to to shake us up. Mm-hmm. and uh, get us off our butts, so to speak, mm-hmm. right? Otherwise, mm-hmm. uh, get us out of this complacency and maybe give us a chance or at least a pathway to be uh, who we are supposed to be or maybe who we could be or something mm-hmm. like that, you know? So I'm, I would not have been worked with this company and with this director who I've always wanted to work with because of the distance and my full-time job and all of that, but because of covid and because of all this detour, I call it the COVID detour. Yeah, <laughs> um, that is a good title too, <laughs> the COVID yes. detour. 
More detour. And uh, last month, I did a one-minute play festival with another regional uh, theater company. We did it in our living rooms, uh, uh, running from uh, with our laptop and mics and external wires and cables hanging from all over the place from one uh, room to another. That was great. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, we've all had to basically sort of adapt and get a little bit better with technology. My mom my mom is still struggling from time to time as you hear. I am her, still struggling. Heard her dog barking in the background. Oh no, you can hear Nigel? Oh, honey. I'm sorry. Hey mom, I don't yeah. feel bad. I feel the same way. I still have to call Bezar and say, I don't know, I I have this I have to do this. This is my project. How do I do this this and this? And goes, mom, no 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 no. You don't do this. this, this. Oh, the light was all impatient. They get a little impatient with us, I think. <laughs> no, you uh, Listen, I, I just have to say, I really needed to hear what you just said a second ago about all the angst that we're feeling right now. And we just need to look at it as like a shaking up, an opportunity to um, reevaluate everything in our lives. I, I just have dips, you know, I have highs and then I have lows and it sounds to me like this theater is, well, is really keeping you alive and um, passionate about what you love. And it's not, it's not sending you to the sidelines. It's, you've embraced it, it sounds like. Absolutely. Uh, because you you know, I think more than than I do is we are all storytellers, right? I mean, whether we are telling stories on stage, off stage, on screen, off screen, as a teacher, as a um, as a anywhere in on any platform, sure. any capacity, we all have stories within us. Some of us are very vocal and loud about it, and mm-hmm. some of us all silently, uh, you know, try to hear uh, give. Give, give room for grace or space for grace, as I'd like to call it, mm-hmm. uh, to other people and be a part of their stories. But we are storytellers. And if we can't find refuge in stories, then then what are we? Right? Oh my. Yeah, yes. I think you too. Like I studied theater and, um, you know, I do feel fairly, I studied theater at a liberal arts school. It wasn't, you know, any sort of intense program. I went to Miami of Ohio, but you know, hearing you talk, I, and I know Bezad's always been connected to the theater, even though he's spent more time, I suppose, in L.A. T- towards television at the moment. But he's done a play out here, too. And I think I just feel a little I, I have felt disconnected to the theater. And I and I hear what you're saying. And it's kind of just giving me nostalgia for that time in my life, because there is something really special about life theater and you know, I do stand-up comedy, so I am connecting energy-wise with the crowd, and I'm sharing my own personal story. But, yeah, there are ancient stories to be told, kind of like the one that you are telling now with Antigone. Mm. Um, mm. But personally, Bezot had mentioned to me how um, he wanted you wanted me to ask about your immigration story and how <laughs> far you've come. <laughs> yeah, you're, if, you're, if you wanted to share about that, he yes. said it. He said that. Oh, I'd um, love to hear that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think you have to call my mom for that one. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that could be the next podcast. Yeah, we had yeah. you, your yeah. mom in. Call Benifer's mom and share stories. <laughs> yeah, right. My, my mom uh, is a beautiful storyteller. So is my dad. And I think uh, that's where um, my Bezad and uh, his, his younger brother, Nozad, that's where they get it from. Uh, my immigration story, yes. I, I came to this country when I was 19 years old and um, to America, and I, was, I married at 19, of course, and wow. uh, left my country, left my family, got married, new husband, new country, new home, everything wow. um, within the 15 days. So, so we got married oh in gosh. 15 days. <laughs> My husband, Navroz, he had to leave. Um, he, he was in a program at MIT. He went to, he did a Master of Science oh. in Architecture in MIT. Okay. So we were in Boston for about eight years, and, and that's where Bezad was born as well. Uh, so he had to come back. We got married, and in 15 days, he left. And then so, in a month, wait, Nifer, I followed. You, oh, okay. So you did get married in India, and you were you're from west, the west part of India. Yes, the west part of India, um, uh, from a from a from a, t- a city called Surat, S U R A T, Surat. Yeah, and so that's where your and, wedding was before you and left. Our wedding was our wedding was in my husband's hometown, Ahmedabad or okay. Ahmedabad. Oh, okay, Ahmedabad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we that that's how I uh, we, I came in a in a in a month I followed, and I did not know what a type electronic typewriter looked like. Mm-hmm. I did oh not gosh. Know. electronic. I was like, teed, right? Two long braids. And, yeah. Now oh I'll tell you a little backstory because I come from a family where theater had always been a lifelong passion and it was our family's way of giving back to the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that seed was planted by my grandfather on my dad's side. Um, coming home was actually like I would come home from work, uh, from from school, and in every room there was either a rehearsal going on or someone was practicing their dancing or singing or there was a oh diva gosh. in every room. Oh my gosh! <laughs> there was a diva and a drama queen oh in every diva. room. Let's see <laughs> That's hilarious. And, um, and that was more as a hobby, right? We 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 that wasn't our profession. That was more of a hobby. So. For our professional, uh, we, my grandfather had started a commercial art institute where we taught um, English and shorthand and typewriting and economics and English. I'm talking about the mid-70s, right, uh, before okay. and, and early 60s. So you have to put that into perspective. Mm-hmm. And so I grew up with learning public, I knew, knew public speaking and I knew theater and, you know, mm-hmm. I was a performer and I was a big ham, just like Bezat is right now. Yeah. <laughs> I was very comfortable oh. around people. So I had oh. that, yeah. but I didn't know anything about anything else when I was 19. <laughs> but I can so imagine I, you I, sort of being very outgoing then because you were able to see that in front of you, all these people expressing themselves. Yeah, and I I remember this story, and I tell this story to every time I have a chance in my professional career as well, because it kind of roots me of where, reminds me where I come from as I, Mm -hmm. and keeps me true and authentic to the story I'm saying is, I was typing my husband's uh, thesis, and I go to this MIT library, 
I'm looking for a typewriter and I'm at this electronic typewriter and I'm, I go to the librarian and I say, excuse me, ma'am, the typewriter is broken. And, um, <laughs> she, and she looks at me in this and she had a very, you know, very English accent, which I'm going to try, of course, as an Indian. So that's pretty funny. So I tell her, so she goes, she goes, no, no, my dear, it's not. And I'm like, yes, it is. It doesn't have those sticky keys, you know, it doesn't have those sticky keys going up. And uh, she has this look on her face like I am um, uh, uh, from Mars or something. And she shows me this little circling ball in the middle of it. And um, um, she types for me. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then she says, and this is a correction tape in case you make mistakes. Now, this was in early 80s, right? So we used to have those corrections. Oh, yeah. Here's a correction tape. And I'm like, I don't make mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> and the you reason were confident. I said, yes, because in because India, you learned those, that way, right? Oh. I mean, there there is no room for mistakes. It's, it's like <laughs> I won't, you don't I make won't mistakes that. when you type. Oh uh, anyway, uh, so cute. yeah, that's just, yes, and life life happened since then. Uh, after that. Um, I went on to type my husband's thesis. Um, we wow, that was nice first, of you. That was very yes. nice. Yes, and not only his thesis, his friends as well. Uh, oh that was gosh. my. That was and and. Um, By the way, how many pages I, would that have been? Oh my like, goodness, uh, my husband's thesis actually it had to be more than 150 pages because I remember that <laughs> because the professor had yelled at him because he was below that, and I remember going to that meeting <laughs> with him. Oh um, my gosh! Gee whiz, that's a lot of typing right there. You guys were really like a pair there, from from <laughs> such an early age, like at nineteen. That's kind of incredible. Yeah, and then when I came here, uh, of course, MIT and the experience—it all felt like a Disney World, right? To me, it was yeah. wow. I'm in this country, and um, my very first thing was how do I tell stories? Where do, where do I, where's the stage? Where's the theater? Because mm. remember growing up, um, that, that, that was all I knew, right? Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I, I knew theater was such a big part, part of me watching mom and dad on stage and uh, weekends or weekends or Sundays were filled with going to the cinema and, and mm-hmm. learning more stories. And it was always about performance and music and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, uh, theater comp- drama competitions. And even in college, public speaking, uh, I was oh. an avid um, uh, partake uh, par- a competitor with the Times of India public speaking competitions throughout my school oh my and gosh. my college career. And were those and, dramatic uh, pieces or you things that you would sort of recite or were they original or the things that you competed yeah. with? So it was a combination of both. Uh, it, it was original. Uh, the, the topics were given to us, and then we had to come up, of course, with the with the with the material and the subject matter. And my mom uh, was was wonderful at at uh, creating these narratives for us. She studied in an English medium school, so English was a was a very big part of her her life her growing up mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. she is the one who introduced me to Shakespeare. So oh, yes. she, she, she used to read the, these books 
And then she would gather all these neighborhood kids who did not know English. And even all those gossip ladies, you know, it reminds me of the little <laughs> And she would go and then she would tell these stories of Shakespeare. She would read Hamlet and then she would just express Hamlet in her way. And she would read Macbeth. And she, would all, she would read Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh and I gosh. still remember she would tell these stories to me and I, and I always, and she would say, Benifer, next time we have this mono acting competition and this, you will, you will, you will do the monologue of uh, Titania. And I always, I would look at her and say, nah, I think I kind of like Puck. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and guess what? Um, last, right before the COVID detour happened, I actually got to uh, play Puck in one of our local uh, regional theater Oh, I love that. Oh. That's kind what of like, and for what people who way to grow up. Oh yeah. People who don't know, Puck is, and if I'm not mistaken, he is a fairy, right? Or or it can be, does it have to be a man or a woman? It can be obviously played by anyone as gender was sort of like bent in Shakespearean Ab- times anyway. Absolutely. But this director had a very different take. Everybody has a different take on Shakespeare, right? Yeah. So they have a very different, ta- he had a very different take on Shakespeare and he had placed it um, as a Puck as a snake oil salesman who tries to <laughs> tries to entice people so i had this almost like a charlie chaplinish uh marcel Mercer kind of a kind of a, a a look the outlook and a little bag and you know and uh, <laughs> wow. yeah yeah and I'm, I'm 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 this magic um uh doctor or salesman uh who mm-hmm. creates all this magic and mischief and mayhem and and, and captures the people. Anyway, so yeah. 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 <laughs> full tilt. I mean, a full circle of... Uh, I, how old were you when your mom introduced you to Shakespeare? I was about 13 or 14 years old. Okay, okay. And uh, then when I was in, in, in high school, I think the very last year of our high school... Uh, no, actually we had just... Yeah, in about 10th grade. So there was a different... Okay. Uh, there was a chance for me to do um, um, English a mono acting competition, uh, and uh, she she adapted Lady Macbeth for me. So she oh, wow. she had to gear it to the audience and uh, to the to the locale where we were performing for that particular school, mm-hmm. and I performed it in English, of course, and I was disqualified. Oh, so did. Yeah, they disqualified me because I did it in English instead of the regional language, oh, right? Oh, okay. And first, okay. yeah. and this was in my mom was like, "I don't care. It's not about winning anyway. You can't do Shakespeare in a regional language. You know, you have to. <laughs> you have to." Yeah. She had her own uh, very steadfast uh, passion about Shakespeare. You don't mm-hmm. mess with Shakespeare when you talk to my mom. Wow. <laughs> Um, well, I, I so remember I, being in high school, first learning of Shakespeare, and you really need a a really strong kind of interpreter of Shakespeare. Yes. That's how I felt. Otherwise, yes, I yes. just think I would have been lost. So well, it does yes. seem like you almost need a key. I mean, uh, <laughs> I, it is like a whole class in acting school, you know, to try to yeah. learn dynamic pentameter, but also the meaning of, of everything. Right. The meaning. Right. Right. So the, 
the interesting thing was I did not know about that ionic pentameter and all of that technology training and the technology and yeah. not the technology, but what do you call it? Oh, the techniques. Yeah. The techniques, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So when I when I was able to translate my formative years into when I really studied under the gurus and teachers and mentors uh, here in this country and mm-hmm. studied the Shakespeare that, that from, from that perspective and uh, was like a wow, if yeah. I would have known, known then what I know now, right? And mm-hmm. then so many times I feel like, wow, mom was right on and she knew nothing of this. That's Isn't cool. That's, that's right? really like like mom interpreted this this way. And yeah, mm-hmm. my teacher in such and such standard in such and such grade said this and she or he knew nothing about this. And yet there was so much richness to their stories and their teachings. Mm-hmm. Right. So so that all of that kind of I was confident throughout when I came here and uh, living as an immigrant and coming as an immigrant and not having, not, uh, not having the immigration status. Uh, my mm-hmm. husband, after he graduated from MIT in 1983-84, uh, we did not get any of the uh, immigration, uh, uh, what do you call, the legality paperwork. We did not get a green card. We did not get the work papers. We did not get H-1. We had to struggle through all of that. Um, so we had to find a lawyer to help us through all of that, right? Oh, so I can here, imagine. Hmm. Yeah, so we go to this lawyer and we have absolutely no money, right? We are living with milk crates. <laughs> we have this little <laughs> little uh, dungeon of an apartment. Yeah. And we don't know anything about anything. I come from a culture like, oh, I got married. I'm 19. I don't even know how to write a check. Just like my dad took care of us. <laughs> my husband's going to take care of us. And, and everything yeah. is great. We went to MIT. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of money. He's going to get a job. And, you know, they've been to I go mean, to MIT India. is an incredible school, you know, so I can understand yes. why you think that. It's just so, it's prestigious. Yes. And, and the lawyer goes, well, you know, I, you can't really afford me, but I will recommend a lawyer that can, um, that can, you know, you can pay him and he'll be able to take your case. And we had gone through so much, um, so much uh, uh, drama and and so much angst over the over uh, becoming legal in this country and mm-hmm. having our identity being as aliens, right? Resident mm-hmm. aliens. Oh, um, um, even our green card had that big stamp on it, which called resident alien. It wasn't oh, called green gosh. card in those days, right? That's so weird. So having that, I mean, I'm sitting in front of the lawyer and saying, um, no. We want to. We want you to represent us, but this is what I'm going to do. I will pay you ten dollars a month, and I'm thinking like ten dollars a month is a lot of money, but it's not. I know now. Uh, I'm like, I will pay <laughs> back you, then. It was. I will pay you ten dollars a month. Yeah, that. But that's all we could afford. And I yeah. said, that's what we can afford. But I will come every single day during my lunch hour, and I'll take care of the paperwork. I'll make the Xerox copies. I'll I'll do the typing for you. I'm an excellent typist. I will take care of our files. Um, I will do all the work. Your your assistant or your secretary will not have to do anything, and that will be my our way of paying you for the services. And what a gal? Did he agree? A gal? 
<laughs> he probably thought, and I still remember this office whenever we visit Boston it, uh, on Milk Street. And uh, yeah, and he, of course, agreed. He probably thought I was uh, this crazy lunatic person. I don't know what, you know, who is this or a genius. beloved woman? <laughs> yeah, or he knew, a good, he knew a good deal when he heard it. Uh, and, yeah. And I kept true to that promise uh, because I was temping in different offices in Boston. Okay. I would take the subway during my lunchtime and I would go and um, uh, my, to, the, to the lawyer's office and do what I told him to do. My very first job was in Berkeley College of Music in the oh. basement. Oh, it's a basement. It's the basement of Berkeley College of Music. Well, I was I, I didn't know any better. And oh. I knew how to but what type. what did you do down there? Were you doing I'll like... tell you what I did. Okay. This, this is what I did. I'm so curious now. <laughs> this is what I did. I, I, okay. I had to compile the, 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 the admissions of the new students who were, you know, coming to the college. So this is what okay. I did. I okay. separated the blue from the pink, attached it to the white, and <laughs> put it in the bucket and smiled very sweetly and told the students to go up into the theater, exit right, walk down the whole hallway, take the elevator to the left, and you will go to the theater. Every single day for six hours for two weeks, that's what I did. Wow. And you remember exactly what you had to do. You, you knew your lines. Oh. <laughs> you knew I, your I knew lines. my lines. And do you know why? Because it became a rhythm. And for me, mm. I could hear the music right upstairs, right above me, right? Yes, In you the were at the theater. Berkeley College of Music. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I never like, told the public. You were there. You were there. I was there. <laughs> And and because I um, I don't know if hate is a strong word, but I really felt um, like wow, if this is what I'm going to have to do, then how am I going to find the joy in what I have to do, right? Because I yeah. have to teach myself and learn myself. Right. Uh, I already wow. taught myself how to use the electronic typewriter, so now I have to learn <laughs> how to work in an American <laughs> corporate culture, right? Yeah. And well, and also being so close to yeah, you're so close. <laughs> To like so many people, I think can get involved and be close enough to theater within reach. Music, theater, you know, like you're saying, it's almost metaphorical. You're like right below the theater. How do you get into the theater? And yeah. so, you had several so obstacles. I was, so I was blessed. And uh, when I came to this country, and when my husband was at MIT, I was extremely blessed to walk over to the Kresge Auditorium in Cambridge, the Kresge Theater. Okay. Um, at the drama shop, and uh, I auditioned for Caucasian Chalk Circle. Right in right a month after 1982, I came to this to to America, and uh, in November, December, I think I, I I it was a Christmas production. So I auditioned for Caucasian Chalk Circle, got in, and I learned everything to that there was to know about the audition process. Oh and wow. You know, That's about big. the American theater had a brilliant, uh, I, I, I'm not quite sure if I can name names on this, on this, uh, yeah, that's okay. this or not. so I'm being respectful of the names. Uh, mm -hmm. but if I can, he, uh, he, 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 uh, he took us, he, he took, took us under the wing, so to speak. And then after that, 
my husband Navros was busy with his pieces, but then I went on to do a couple of more plays. I did Sam Shepard's uh, Chicago one act uh, play for their uh, MIT Drama Shop Play Festival, and mm. uh, uh, another play, The Balcony Scene, which was which was an original original adaptation of Romeo and Juliet by one of the uh, drama professors at MIT. So I went on to do three different shows. So I kind of um, <sighs> thought that I could go go more. But then it was beautiful because lesson in humility, right? When the <laughs> MIT, MIT chapter was over and I was we were out in the world of really looking for a job and, and getting our immigration status. That's when life happened right after MIT. Mm. So I'm right back in the basement, but of a beautiful uh, theater of the Berkeley College of Music, which was, I think, is very ironic. Yes. Um, I, I, just anyway. to, I just have to say, I admire so much your your determination after immigrating from another country. You're 19 years old. I just feel like it would be so easy to be feeling overwhelmed, like, which way do I go? But you came, you came with such a strong uh, foundation of, you know, your love of theater and your knowledge of theater and your ability that you knew you kind of gra you gravitated to the things that you loved and look what it did. It just opened doors for you. But you still had to be really determined to go for those auditions and learn and be so open to learning in this yeah. new place. I, I'm amazed I mean, by that. Audition can be so scary in the first place, you know? I think a lot of people are so intimidated by auditioning. So the I fact that you were imagine. able to come over and then you really hit the ground running. Yeah, and you I did. think that we ha we had no choice and there was a lot of there was a lot of um there was a lot of uh the down moments as I would call it as well. Mm -hmm. uh, sure. yeah. A lot of Lots and lots of them, right? Uh, the, the 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 way we were looked upon, or but there was also um, instead of playing the victim, if I become a challenger right. and my own coach, then looking from that perspective, uh, we didn't know better either. We were learning. We were naive. We weren't mature as mature as we 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 could or should have been. So there was a lot of truth to that. And, and going temping through the jobs, what I had to do was I knew how to type and I knew how to talk to people and connect to people and entertain them. But mm -hmm. what I needed to learn was how do I now sit at, sit at MIT working as an assistant to the space researchers and uh, become a secretary to him, become an assistant to him? How do I mm -hmm. conduct myself in meetings with the CEO? How, you, mm -hmm. you know, you know what I mean? yeah. so how do I skills. learn how to work? Yeah, how do I yeah. learn how to use a word processor? How do I learn how to, so that came from going to each of these different offices, different companies, almost telling them, oh yeah, I just need to brush up my skills. I know how to use that. And then mm -hmm. in lunchtime, I would learn. I would break things. I have crashed servers in Bo all offices in Boston that I have worked. I cannot begin to tell you. I just I have love that spirit, though. I mean, you were not going to be defeated. You were not going to be a victim. You were gonna, you were gonna do whatever it took. 
I love that. Yeah, That's you had no choice. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, you really, like you're saying, you, I'm sure they're like the down moments didn't keep you down. You had to keep going, but I imagine it was difficult. I mean, Boston isn't known for being exactly the warmest city, you know? (laughs) No. Oh, I I mean, temperature temperature wise, but also like, you know, people wise. (laughs) Well, I think we need to take a break. So we'll be right back after these messages. We'll be right back. I'm not tired. <laughs> the walk. So every time now, every time I'm, I'm I don't know if I can swear or not, but every time I You're bitch allowed. about uh, the <laughs> bitch about why not, right? Uh, every well. time I bitch about the weather in Syracuse and walking like you know like hopping, um, going from my apartment or office to the car and bitching about the weather, (laughs) I have to remind myself of those walks that I used to take from the subway to the different offices that I used to um, walk to Mm -hmm. in in, in that time. Of course, I was a whole lot younger then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, less worried about slipping on the ice. Yeah, it puts things in perspective. It 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 just keeps makes you so grounded and um um yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it, it but you know what? Me. I'm thinking Bonifer, you must have been missing your family to come to this yes. new place after just being married and you had such a strong artistic family, such a uh vibrant yes. family. How did you deal with that? I'm still dealing with that. So, um, yeah, great, great question. And thank you for asking that. So the, so the way I, the way I keep connected and I think part of, uh, part of uh, everything that I just told you and shared with you really was, in a selfish way, for lack of a better word, I don't know what a better word is, I wanted to be connected to the, their legacy, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, yes. I, being the eldest daughter, um, I knew that my mom or dad or my brother or sister will never be able to see or um, witness what we did, Right. Would never be able to see the storyteller that I have become, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Then I could still be the 19-year-old um, who told the story when she was competing for college or school. Sure. So that connection... To, 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 I had to do and remind myself of the things that they, they did. I had mm-hmm. to remind myself that theater is never about taking. Theater is always about giving. Every show will be about me just telling the story and walking away, and it's never about the box office, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Theater is a, a, a teaching someone or 
typing a thesis for someone is always going to be the four years that my father and grandfather and my sister and my brother teach that person free of charge in their institute mm-hmm. if someone went to them and said, I cannot afford. So that's the teacher in, mm-hmm. in, in, my, in my mom or dad or, or mm-hmm. my family. I, mm-hmm. I would connect myself with that. When the, the, the way I prepare for, uh, uh, prepare for my work, the way I prepare for my public speaking engagements today, even today, the way I prepare for a character or a role or the, the projects that I deal with is, is never about what we are going to give you this and then you give us this. Mm-hmm. It is always and, and, and always about what can I give away? What can I do for right and I mm. think in that I am connected and and another another uh, thing I always feel forget myself but I always also have that um, angst I would say I struggle with this and I have talked with my Bezad uh, in length with this they will never know how wonderful Bezad is on stage what a wonderful storyteller their grandsons are yeah right what what that they are unknowingly unknowingly because Bezad and Navzad both my boys they were never able to witness their grand grand, grandparents or Mm -hmm. extended family they've Mm -hmm. been to India and they've seen them and all of that as they were growing up but they've never really had that connection that you have if you are living in the same country in the same family right. sure so that sure. i'm still coming to terms with mm-hmm. um i can understand and i don't know what the answer is. yeah because you really you know to me as an outsider and we're just you know getting the chance to learn more about you now but i really feel like you know like you're saying with your you found a this theater group that you grew up in that your parents were running and it was so much part of your being that you've, you've really created it again in your own way here with Bezad and Nozad and even your husband who, who works on the pieces. So you've really done such a beautiful job of, you know, you didn't just do, you are, you all aren't involved in the theater because you have to be, or you forced anyone to be. Mm-hmm. It's part of your, it's really part of your makeup and your, yeah. how, how, so I think that it's something that, you know, they didn't, ha- they didn't have to be involved in theater. In fact, you know, in America, it's sort of like harder to get your parents to be supportive of the arts in the theater. So the fact that you immigrated yeah, here great point. and it was mm-hmm. so strong in you that it, you passed it on the pa- the passion of theater to your sons and, and your husband could even see how important it is to you guys that you've mm-hmm. created your own beautiful world here where you're, you are all sharing um, your gifts with, with yeah. us, with the world. And, and talking about my husband, uh, he's a wonderful artist. He's an architect, of course, as I shared earlier. He's a brilliant artist. I am very, very, very blessed that it was an arranged marriage also. Uh, by the way, that's a whole different story, whole different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Which I would love to hear about, but yes. Yeah. 
I think uh, uh, too is a, I'm sure if you I don't know if you had seen that show Benifer, but basically there there is a new show on Netflix called Indian Matchmaker, and I I do think you know as much as it is a reality show, they do shed some light on on that process where I think sometimes people aren't as knowledgeable as they could be, um, because mm-hmm. obviously your arranged marriage has um, been lasted now your up until up until now. Yeah. This is our 38th. We just celebrated our 38th year in August 29th. 38th. Congratulations. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. That's Thank wonderful. That's 38 wonderful. years of getting married and 38 years of being in America. Yes. Wow. Yes. But you made, so, you're such a strong team. I, I, I know. I can I, see that. Yeah. I can too with his gifts, your gifts. This is what I was thinking when Beth was talking about your family. Um, it, it, I, I love it in that there is something about the way you grew up that when you came to this country, you you really honor your parents. You honoring what they gave you and what was important to them. You've passed that on to your sons. And it's given you such joy that, again, that vacancy of being so far away from them, you have found a way to fill it with such joy and such honor. I, I am so impressed. I, I think, I think too, that, you know, I, I don't have a story at all like yours, but I know that my dad who passed away, so much of what he taught us I have been able to pass on, I, I hope, to my own girls. My mother, Benifer, you're not going to believe this. My mother just turned 101 last week. Wow. And I, had, wow. and I had not been able to see her throughout this, you know, this pandemic. I was afraid to go and see her. She's only three hours away. She's in Louisville. But I saw, Beth and I saw her at Christmas. And then I started babysitting for my youngest grandson, January, February, and that kept me pretty busy. And then March hit, and then we could not travel. And because of her age, I was afraid to go and see her. I didn't want to bring anything. But, you know, my contacts have been very few throughout this quarantine. And so when my oldest sister called and said, Mom, I think could really use a visit from you. Then I knew I've got to go. I've got to go right now. So I anyway, I was down there for a week and we celebrated her 101st birthday. But I I was listening to what you were saying about the stories, how we have stories. And my mom is struggling right now a little bit with like the short-term memory of things like Oh, did I take my pills? Or she would share something with me and then repeat it a few minutes later. It's the short term. However, she can tell you stories of her childhood when she met my dad in high school, when he went off to the war, what she Mm. did with her time throughout the war. Her friends, the stories are so rich that I. What a blessing. It is a blessing. And like I, yeah. I really grabbed on to what you said about the stories that you share and that make up your life. And I, I'm sure that has been appreciated by your sons. And now with your Bezad being an actor and still telling stories and you being involved in theater and telling stories in a new way with your 
you know, the socially distanced play that you're involved in. It's you're a local, inspiring. You're, yes, you're a local theater queen. You those are, are. Those are Bezat's words. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those are Bezat's words. <laughs> Isn't that a, that's uh, a lovely... I think uh, another, <laughs> another connection that the story, the, the way we are connected with the stories is when I see Bezat on stage, right from, right from when he was in... Um, 10th grade or whatever, um, any phys- he is a great physical actor. Yeah. Any, any, his physicality, his presence, his, of course, now I'm the mom, so uh, it, will, it, will, <laughs> it will obviously look like I'm the mom and, and, and crazy my son. But his physicality, mm-hmm. when I watch him, his little movements, his little, his little, his little, his uh, little, Trixie that smiles, the the turn, all of that. Anytime he, I see that, I think of oh, reminded me of dad. Oh, reminded oh. me of my brother. <laughs> I, that, oh, oh, that jump that he did, like like he, he had <laughs> this thing that he jumps from. Uh, which was that play? Oh yeah. Um, uh, uh, oh, I forget the name of. I know Matchmaker. He was a bar, oh, Barnaby. Oh, Fiddler on bar- the Roof. Oh, no, 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 no. The Goodman, the Goodman Theater, Barnaby Tucker, I think he was. Oh, in Matchmaker, the Goodman. So, 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 um, we we went to we went to see that, and he was jumping from once from the sofa to the table to the <laughs> to the stairs and the front. Oh yeah, was I, he? Was it Hello oh, Dolly? The play? It was. It was called the Matchmaker, and it oh, was yes, okay, it was okay. it, the very the Hello Dolly interpretation. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, didn't mean okay, to interrupt. That makes sense. Sure. Okay, sorry. Yeah. And jumping he, around. <laughs> he just. I'm like, wow, wow. That's <laughs> like my dad jumping, doing these these things, right? Isn't yeah. that incredible? Um, <laughs> or 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 this emotion that he will have, or or this smile that he will give. That, that killer smile with the dimples and I'm looking oh. at him and I'm like, oh my God, that's my brother right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I love that. that. That's, that's got to feel so good. I think like that's oh, yes. such a strong and thread. It, it, it's, it, 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 it's like a pain and joy feeling. Joy oh. because, of course, I'm, I'm proud and pain because I wish they could see him now. Right? Yeah. Yes. I wish. Of course. And they did. My mom, my mom and dad were able to see him uh, in Chicago earlier, earlier on when they visited us. Uh, Wait, was he at Columbia morning. College then? Yes, yes, yes. He was still at, at Columbia College. Um, and uh, uh, I think, no, I think it just graduated. Oh, okay. So maybe uh, something, there. a professional theater that he was doing. Yes, yes. With the, the, the and he was he, he was in that production and uh, they came to see him and uh, they saw it. Of course, it was a very different theater experience for him. Very proud to see Bezad and all of that. Oh, I'm but it's sure. Still, it's not. It wasn't. It wasn't the meaty things yeah. that I wanted them to see. And mm-hmm. then I'm of course the beginning. Always, yeah, 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 the beginning of it all. Sure, sure. Yeah, you kind of wanted him to maybe you know to that see ba- something. Oh, sorry. What were you going to say? Do you know that Bezat is also an artist? He used to do street painting and won won some some. Oh um, wow! Uh, Did not know that. Yeah, growing up with my husband because my husband's an artist, they would have like a father and son yearly thing in Syracuse. 
Oh, and wow. uh, for years, my husband would take part and never would never win. And of course, and, you know, it's just gone. Um, and I would always tell him, oh, it's not about winning. Um, and then Beza it's takes not about winning. part. Beza takes part. Uh, and all of a sudden, the first time, first time he takes part and he wins in the youth <gasps> as one of the youth, the best youth painting. He oh, drew that's a cat. so cool. Oh, that's I don't know awesome. If you remember <laughs> Beautiful, very artistic mm. uh Contempt, uh, 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 abstract cat full of colors, and then he well, that was a win for dad, again. though. That was a win for dad, I think. Absolutely, strong Any influence. Any yes, yeah. And so when mm. Bezad was little, like I know that he was involved in all kinds of activities. So you could sort of see, like, because I, I think there is a sort of, uh, I, I don't know. I think theater, I respect it so much because. Now that I've done stand-up for so long, I'm very comfortable in it. And there is a sort of, I don't know, I, you know, I don't want to say I hide behind the microphone, but there's a formality to it where I feel very safe. Whereas live theater and auditioning, there's sort of a wild abandon, like a vulnerability that has to happen for you to play a different character. And I think others would argue that, oh, well, you can hide behind the character and you don't have to put yourself on the line versus stand-up mm -hmm. is, you know, so I think you can argue it both ways, but from where I'm standing, I do think theater takes this sort of vulnerability and, and, oh, yeah. I, you know, childlike play, which it sounds like you embody so well that the boys, you know, could see that in you. And I'm curious, like the earliest days of Bezad, uh, was he kind of always like that, uh, you know, open <laughs> and vulnerable? Good. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Bezad, I've got to think, uh, I think it was Bezad, yeah. <laughs> he was in uh, pre-K kind of thing. We had sent them to this uh, private school right before kindergarten. And I think they were doing, um, he was the lion in, in Wizard of Oz, right? And they had put oh. this little, so young and so little. And of course, I'm pushing the, the boys. I mean, he, he could have cared less <laughs> at that age. I'm like, come on, you got to be a lion and blah, blah, blah. And they have this lion costume on him. And in the costume, there's all this hair sticking out and this face has all this, and it's going in his mouth. And he's sitting there on the stage and all the, all the characters come off. And he, he's the only one. He's crying. He's in tears. My little oh, no. four-year-old lion. Oh, and that's no. because all that hair had gone into his mouth. Oh, and, no. And he just did not know how to deal with it. it, it, oh. it that, that, so that was like a small, uh, he, he, he didn't want to do anything uh, after that. And then <laughs> and then he was, of malfunction. <laughs> yes. And then he was, uh, he was uh, the, the munchkin. After that, but the community theater audition, then he was, uh, I think, about about eight or 10 years old. Yeah, no, no, no sorry, 10, 11 years old. Mm -hmm. And I took him for the audition for Damn Yankees. And I was, we were very involved with theater. We used to see every show possible. Oh, that is a great one. That's a great musical. Every year. Yep. Every year we would travel whenever we could afford. We would go to New York, Broadway. You know, we would travel oh, and go to shows because sure. we had... Every movie we went to, we took the kids to. I was one of those moms where the other moms would turn and make a face and would not want me to be there because <laughs> because how dare I bring a child into whatever they perceive sure. to be oh, an adult yeah. thing. So, alien yes. too. I'm just kidding. Oh, yes, and, and alien. Uh, <laughs> oh, so well, not alien. And this music director, she goes, um, uh, <clears throat> 
Okay, honey, you, this, this, she, she was an avid smoker, so she would talk like that. Okay, honey, now you're going to sing, okay? And uh, Bezad, Bezad looks at her and looks at me, and he looks at me and says, you didn't tell me I had to sing. I'm like, honey, it's okay, okay, come on. Just, you, know, just you can do it, birthday. you can do it. <laughs> you can do it. And I'm like pushing him, the typical stage mom. And uh, he's like, nope, I'm not, I'm not going to sing. And uh, that, that woman goes, don't worry about it, honey. You know, you can do this. Just sing happy birthday. And no, oh, okay. nope, I'm not going to sing. He stomps his way away from the piano, goes into a corner with big pout. He goes, I am not going to sing. <laughs> oh, oh, and oh, I'm like, oh, my goodness. What is going on? This is not good. <clears throat> that ended... Few years later, he goes and auditions for the same director for a play this time. It, it's a musical, but it's a speaking part. Okay. And he goes and auditions. <laughs> that director looks at him closely and says, weren't you that kid that did not want to <laughs> sing for me? Bezad <laughs> is like, no, I'm not, not me. Oh, I, I don't think so. Yes. <laughs> And and after that, th that was Chino. He, the, the, he, he auditioned for the character of Chino in West Side Story. Oh, um, wow. A few years later, yeah. his younger brother, Navzad, did the same show and wore the same jacket that Bezad had worn. Oh, is something? So Navzad is, yeah. is an actor as well? Does he act My Navzad, My Navzad is, is also a wonderful actor, yes. Oh, yeah, I love that. Wow, yeah. I did not know that. Oh, and also, just for the record, I was making a joke about the 1986 film Alien starring Sigourney Weaver. Just, yeah. I was joking that that's what you took the kids to see. I just, <laughs> I, needed, I, needed to, I needed to clarify yeah. that. Clarify. <laughs> yeah, that, I was joking <laughs> that the when, when the, yes, when the kids were like, "What? Are, why, are you, why are you bringing kids to this movie?" You know. Anyway, my dad so made me watch that when I was a kid. <laughs> why are you bringing kids to the show? Uh, we 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 still have this tradition. We had this tradition of going to the Niagara on the Lake Bernard Shaw Festival uh -huh. every year. I've, we would I've heard of that. Yeah. So Bezad was, I think, eight or ten years uh, between, like eight nine years old. And we, we went with him and of course we took him and it was the play at the Royal George. It was like a lunch, uh, lunch production. The name of the play was Sorry, Wrong Number. Okay. And he was the only, I think he was younger. He was younger. And we took him and we walk in and he's the only child. And again, we are getting those looks. Of course, now mm -hmm. you have to remember the, the, where we were, right? The venue. It was Niagara on the Lake, Royal sure. George Theater. And, you know, everybody was in a fur coat and I was in this, Very you know, dollar coat from Marshalls, right? So sure. they're there just to give you the parody. Okay? Oh, I love that. <laughs> so, and I used to dress Bezad up in suspenders and a little bow tie every day. Oh, <laughs> It would oh, kill cute. me right now. So he was all dressed up. And, of course, I have to sit in the front row. Bezad always yells at me, you know, you, you can't sit in the, enjoy a show from the front row. You have to sit like... I'm like, no, no, I want the spit of the actors right on me. I don't mind. I don't care. <laughs> so we are sitting in the front row 
And this lady comes up to me, a very nice lady, and she, I think she was, she was one of the, one of the people who worked at the box office. She said, ma'am, do you want like a booster or a phone or something to raise the seat for your, so first I thought she was telling me because, you know, I'm, I'm horizontally and vertically challenged. (laughs) And uh, she said, for your son, I'm like, oh, for my son. I said, I said, yeah. And and I'm looking at Bezad and I'm like, Bezad, do you want to like be able to see better? And he's like nodding his head. I said, sure. So 10 minutes later, she comes with a phone book wrapped in two big blankets. She said, I couldn't find a booster, but will this do? I'm like, I know. I'm like, absolutely. And the people around me. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, people around me were annoyed anyway. So I'm like, annoyed the heck out of them even more. Raise the level of them. That's cute. What a great story, though. <laughs> and throughout the show, he's sitting on this phone book wrapped in a blanket. He saw the whole play not twitching. Wow. And then the audience, then they appreciated because it was so well behaved. And then, mm-hmm. you know, like, they didn't wow, expect that. They did not expect that. I'm like, yeah. yep, that's my son. Good for that's you. Good for you, Mama, for, you know, I you knew. knew right? You knew your son. <laughs> and they did not. Yeah, they did not. They did not. They love that. Aww. So he's basically just, he's been in the theater and since he could, since before, even before he was tall enough to ride. <laughs> 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 oh, I think it's wonderful. And now he's sort of transitioned into doing more, you know, television. And I think he just recently did yeah. something on film. He was doing a feature. They, yeah. Yeah. So gr- growing up, just to go a little back, growing up, Bezad was not only involved with with roles, roles like this, but he, he had a way of... Um, telling stories in a way that really, really connected, not only with the audience, but with the people who were telling the stories with him, with the cast. So uh-huh. he played Satan, right? He played Tevye. He played uh, in Fiddler on the Roof. And he oh, played Tevye, King. Yeah. In King. Yeah, he played King in King and I. Uh, oh, wow. What? That's a demanding role. role. Wow. Right, such. Yeah. Uh, he was always involved with the with the um, uh, with the with the fairy uh, Shakespeare um, Shakespeare uh, uh, production companies, uh, Shakespeare in the Park companies, in in mm-hmm. regionally, locally, right. So he was involved okay. with that, uh, and throughout all of these characters that he played in schools, high school, or in the in the local theater community, it was important for. I remember him one one day he came really like upset and I'm like what's what what is what's what's going on and he said uh, he 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 was talking about uh, the, the the process and he was feeling badly for some of the some of the other actors uh, who were in the show with him and said of course they're going to feel that way they have to keep bowing to the king and every every time every scene they have to bow oh, and I'm just these yeah. You know, like why did <laughs> oh. it was? It was it was I think a very human humanness, a humanity of a true storyteller, which I saw at that time. That he b- brought that empathy in that, and I oh. think because Bezad was Bezad, they were able to take 
their characters to a different level. And it wasn't about bowing to Bezos, but really bowing to the king in that performance who really mm-hmm. cared for his people, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I saw that in, in Bezos right from the beginning. And I felt it too when after a show, a teacher, a mentor, a friend would come and say, Bezad's mom. I would be known as Bezad's mom. And I love that even today. Mm-hmm. You're Bezad's mom, <laughs> Me right? Too. You're Bezad's like- mom. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, he he's so great. Oh, he's he, he he's such a good guy. Oh, he he's so funny. Oh, he makes me laugh. <laughs> All the teachers would say, you know, he's such a yeah. He, he is he's he's a character, and he's you know whatever yes. whatever. But he's yes. a good human being. You should be Aww. proud of him, right? Love the best. That. Mm-hmm. That's oh, the best. Yeah. When he was nominated for the Jeff Awards. Uh, for for his his role in uh, I forget the name of the play uh, the Victory Gardens uh, I'm trying to remember too Samsara I think oh uh, yeah yeah Samsara yes, yes that's uh, what it was he 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 created the role of um, uh, Amit and uh, uh, he was nominated for the Jeff Award for that and of course we attended that ceremony and we met we met some some brilliant and some great down-to-earth actors and storytellers and directors from his field, and he introduced us so proudly, and we were so proud of him. Each and every person, they were talking about the person Bezad is. Mm -hmm. Of course, his talent and all of that. But when you talk about the person behind those characters that he creates, that's when you know that he's, he's a true storyteller. Yeah, I I really am. I see all those things and second them. You know, I I love how I don't know. He's just like he, he's a good friend, but also just so sharp, so witty. He's fun to be around. He cares about what he does. He's just a genuine person, and obviously, he learned that from you and and of course your your husband. But I really am grateful for Bezod. Uh, I think he's just so talented, and of course, like. It's cool that he gets to, you know, these these roles, we sort of get recognized for the bigger roles that we have, like the more known things. You know, he 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 plays this character, Simon, on how to get away with with murder. And of course, Viola Davis yes. is a superstar. Oh gosh, and yes. those oh. those credits for him are are important. But I think, too, he does care and remain connected to um, his work in theater and just things that he he cares about. And so whether it's a big acting role like that or or an, a role in a theater that's not going to be seen by millions i think what you're we can all agree is like he really does bring his his genuine authenticity um mm. to each role and it's he's like mm-hmm. just a joy to be around um and we have fun it, together it, he's sharp <laughs> you know the, the the play disgraced where he originated the the pulitzer prize winning play disgraced where he created the role of uh, originated the role of abe this is Bezat. He created the role of Abe in that. Yes, yes. It's it's a Pulitzer Prize winning uh, play, Disgraced. Okay. Um, okay. And and uh, by by Ayad Akhtar, and uh, he originated the role of, um, of of Abe in that. And the reason I'm bringing that up is we're talking about connection and the humanness behind the storyteller. Uh, there was always a talk back, and it's a very strong. It's it's post nine eleven story, and it's 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 ext- 
extremely strong content and 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 lot of um, uh, uh, racial disparities and and all of that. It's filled with all of that, filled yeah. with mm-hmm. authenticity, with ethnicity and and the culture and everything that's going on today in the world is 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 was was really. Um, uh, connected to that play. And there was always a talk back that got really uh, under the skin of some of the audience, audience members with the, with the actors. And I got to see firsthand uh, the post-show dis- discussion that Bezad had and how he was comfortable with the uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was comfortable with talking about this, this topics that cause us the discomfort or you makes us cringe or sure. even the anger or uh, provoke certain type of emotions. And Bezad was able to have that conversation respectfully and say, okay, I understand where you're coming from, but this is where this character is coming from or my story is coming from or this character's mm-hmm. story is coming from. And you would always be kind of like the savior, not the savior is, is not the right word, of course, uh, but he would like jump in and take care and smooth the edges out if, if, yeah. if, mm-hmm. if, if, of, the, of the edginess of where that conversation was going, not only for the actors uh, who were in the talk back, but also for the, for the audience member. He made it okay for the audience member to go there yeah. and mm-hmm. ask the and still have these important conversations. And I think that's why uh, he is wonderful right now in the times that we are to be an advocate uh, yeah. uh, for, for everything that's going on and having representation. Yes, uh, so much and, going and on. The founding member of the, of, of the Chicago Inclusion Project. Uh, all of that makes sense. Yes. Because of the storyteller on stage, yeah, but behind the scenes, he's such a great connector. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he can really create a bridge, can't he? I mean, it sounds like he is really gifted at creating a bridge between opposing thoughts or people that just... And like you're saying, presenting these uncomfortable ideas, but... Yes. um, Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, you must be so proud of that. You know, in that he's just, what a great compliment of what he is able to do through his storytelling and for people to recognize him as this human. I think that's the beauty beauty of it. He's humanizing these, what sometimes feels like these uncomfortable topics or like you're saying with disgrace, like the themes of Islamophobia and self-identity yeah. fears people have the and, fears and that he's, are... he's able to humanize the role to a point where that is what that's what moves uh that's what yes. makes shifts perspectives and and so yeah the work it creates is changes in people it creates a change in their outlook their um perspective yeah, I, I think he uh, he uh, and i learned this from um uh, during my my motivational talks so my leadership talks that I give sometimes, I always, I heard this phrase and I love it, create space for grace, right? Mm, Create space for for grace. And you do have to take a step back and breathe so that you can be prepared to create that space for grace for um, 
for for the audience or for the for the people that you're talking to or talking mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. So doesn't look like you're talking down to them or you are uh, against them. It becomes a conversation that you're talking with them. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And making that them you are welcoming them. Them. Yeah. Making them feel. Oh, like you said, giving them the space to look at things through a new lens or to yes. sh- show empathy to Absolutely. someone that you weren't able to do before. I mean, that is quite a yeah. gift. Yeah, and even though he, he's doing this as a professionally, by, by doing all of this, he is so much carrying on the legacy of his grandparents. Yes. And oh, yeah. that's where oh. he's connected, right? This yes. is how he's connected. He may not yes. be doing free shows or, you know, he may... Um, you know, he may not be doing a theater where he, this is a profession for him. This is his, this is his, his, his bread and butter for him. This is how he puts food on the table. Mm-hmm. Great. But the, he has this opportunity and, and, and a blessing and a, he has created this platform in how he gives back and the way he mm-hmm. gives back. And, wow. and that's what is, is is my my gift and my rewards to Bezad and my Navzad yes. are rewards through my children, which I they have heard me say that many many times, <laughs> and I always say my rewards are through my children. You always get yes. your rewards through your through your children, and those are the best kind of rewards. Oh, I love yes, that. They are. I think I that think is too. like honestly, that's the perfect because basically we have to wrap things up and I'm so glad yes. that we were able to hear that. We, we, of course we always go over because we enjoy, we just, we went a little over, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry. We, I kept oh my gosh. Kept are you kidding me? Oh, that has nothing to do with you. Every moment was worth it. Every no, moment no, no. was. But I, for that has nothing to do with you. We were enjoying our conversation and then I just looked at the clock and our producer is, uh, he has to go to another <laughs> session. Um, <laughs> but we're so, ha- we're very thankful for your time and for you sharing your story with us. Like I can't think Enough. Just a joy to spend and, time with you. And thank oh you for uh, your beautiful thank sons, you so your incredible thank children. You. Thank you for this blessing. And thank you for creating space for me in yes. your, oh, in, your in the morning. Appreciate yeah. it. Our joy. Our yes. joy. And keep doing what you're doing. Keep and doing and break, a leg. break a <laughs> leg. Break a leg and Antigone. <laughs> be well. Be safe. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. You know, this this is just personal, but what I loved so much about it is, did you notice how she called her son? She said, my Bezod, so many times, my Bezod. Yeah. And he has such a good heart himself. You can, you can easily see where that comes from. I agree 100%. Yeah. I'm so thankful for him to be my friend because I really, I, I believe we met through Mary Hollis. He's um, through also a Chicago actress, but, mm-hmm. um, I loved talking with Benifer and it just made, it, it actually just gives me even more appreciation for Bezod to see like how much he really took from his mother and learned from her and puts it into his own life. It's really a beautiful thing. And his you know, dad see. and his grandparents and his, you know, yeah. the whole family, even though the other thing that really touched me was she spent a good many years away from her family in India here. Yeah. You know, um, she had to deal with a lot coming to America mm-hmm. and it was not easy. And she basically made it look easy and just worked 
very, very hard. She sure so, did. So much respect for her and her work ethic and her optimism yes. could bring me to tears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a lesson in someone coming here and just making a beautiful life and family. Yeah. But remember, she said, too, that through acting, she was, you know, she could stay in touch with her father and her family yeah. at home. That really made that connection for her. And but that takes a lot of strength to do that. Definitely. Yeah. 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 She was just very, um, you know, and a, strong and the last thing I'll say um, as a takeaway from the episode, as we thank everyone for listening, is. Sometimes you just have to figure it out as you go. Kind of like when she made it work at that job in Boston where she was just like, I can do that. And then taught herself how to do it. Yes. And I think there is, that's like, that's, that's drive and will and some confidence in your intelligence that like I could take a page out of her book and just say, yeah, I can do it and figure it out. Yes. And, and being, having perspective on the situation, not, you know, not saying things like, oh yeah, I don't think I want to do that job. You know, she um, she learned from the whole process no. and exactly. kept her perspective. So there is a lot to learn from her example. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Well, we've reached the end of our episode of our podcast. I can't believe it. It went so fast. I know. I um, love these ladies. I know. It's they, so cool. I hope we get to meet them. I know we will. Sit down and have a cup of coffee. Or a cup of tea. Or a cup of tea or a glass of wine. Or a wicked cup of hot cocoa. (laughs) They were so great. I just love them all. Well, there's more to come. So tune in. Tune in. To the next one. For now. Ta-ta. Bye-bye. See you later. Alligator.